Hi. I wanted to tell you this little story about me and about the very interesting couple of months that I've had. Starting in mid-February, I had what I thought was vertigo because my vision was affected such that it made things feel like they were coming towards me. It was very Blair Witch Project-esque. And, but it wasn't room-spinning type of dizziness, but everyone, including doctors, thought that it was vertigo. Then, beginning of March, my tongue had started to become affected and feel a little numb. And then my feet got weird, like it became a little hard to walk. And I started using only one eye to see, not realizing that was the beginning of double vision. And all of this was just mesmerizing. I didn't quite know what was going on. But again, thought that it had to do with vertigo, um, which at one point had gone away quite suddenly. i started to see normally again and feel normal briefly. So I just thought, oh, well, this is weird, but it's going to go away. So I was supposed to fly out for business to Texas, where my parents live. So I made sure to get on that flight. And even though things were starting to get weirder and weirder, and I made it to see them, and then things got even a little funkier. Walking became really difficult. And um, at that time, I thought it was a B12 deficiency and that my diet um, had played a part in it. So I thought, okay, well, this is definitely serious, but we're going to figure this out and the doctors will know. The first ER doctor that I saw, they brushed it off as vertigo. And then two days later, my body would absolutely not let it go any further. And with my face feeling, half of it feeling absolutely numb, the tongue feeling numb, not being able to walk, um, you think? You think there's something going on there? <laughs> the vision's still bad. Um, and I was not responding to the drugs they gave me for vertigo, which I wasn't surprised about. Again, I thought it was B12, which can, can mess up your nerves and can be really serious. So we go into another emergency room and um, right off the bat, they just looked at the facts before them and said, well, female between 20 and 40 Caucasian, I'd say MS. <laughs> I would say no. I was like, that's certainly not what this is. <laughs> And um, so in my head, I was like, oh, right, no, that's worst case scenario in some other world. That's, that's not it. We're going to, I'm going to do a spinal tab just to prove you wrong. And that's absolutely what I was thinking. So um, they got me into the hospital the next day, did an MRI, did a spinal tab. By the following day, when when one goes in too far with that giant needle in a spinal tap, it goes through the little dura that they call it and then creates a horrible headache. It all has to do with the physics of the spinal fluid and the flow and great things that were the 
most painful things I've ever experienced. So it's totally a separate story. Anyway, this is all to say I was feeling miserable and um, being a bit worn down. But in these days, in these nights where I was by myself in the hospital, hearing such a profoundly distressing uh, suggestion, I made sure not to Google anything to, to try to look it up because I didn't, I knew that if I had any underlying fears or that I could find that online, that, that the world that existed at my fingertips on my phone could really take me into a place that I didn't need to go. Instead, I chose and, and made the the actions in my mind and, and really, I mean, actions with my words to say, let me see this differently. I surrender this situation to its highest potential. And it's hard to know what that is because to me, I didn't know anyone with MS. I knew of a celebrity who had had it many years ago and had had a bunch of fortunate, unfortunate things happen to him that I didn't know what was, you know, drug abuse versus MS versus anything. So, but for me, I associated with it with a wheelchair and with losing body function. That's all I knew. I sort of put it in the category of right around Parkinson's, not quite ALS. So that seems scary, uh, especially to a young woman who really values using her body and being physically active. And, and so as I laid there, not a lot of fear necessarily rushed in because again, I wasn't opening that gate. I wasn't rushing to Google something that I didn't even know if I had or not. So I'm like, let's, let's not go there. But I did take the other road of, okay, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to use this situation in the best way possible, and I don't know what that means, but let me surrender it to its highest potential. Let me see this differently. In those quiet nights, while I didn't have necessarily fear rushing in, there wasn't the worry that could have been had I not been on such a path last year to to thoroughly release fear and to really put that into practice um, throughout the whole entire year at any turn, really practicing seeing things differently and being open to a completely different per- perception of, of any situation of my life, of my life course. So good, good that I've been practicing that, but being alone in an, in a hospital room, you know, with these types of words being bandied about, I could feel some sort of sadness somewhere, a potential for sadness, but it was okay. 
There was a lot of stillness. There was a lot of thinking. You do a lot of thinking. There was, for me, if I understand that I might be in a wheelchair and maybe this is going to be very soon, I have no clue what the timeline of this thing is. It didn't seem to make sense for me to all of a sudden lose my body um, controls because, again, it just didn't seem in line, in line with what I was using my body for really I don't know if that makes sense but but I just I just sort of doubted this whole thing I was like well you know I don't know but regardless if you're about to lose your life or your livelihood or the part of your life that you've known you start to get your affairs in order I started to go through those thoughts the thoughts that just come at least they came to me like who do I owe money to? <laughs> I was like, okay, soon as I get better, I'm sending that friend the check for $70. <laughs> like, you know, that trust me, they don't care about at this point. But it feels really important to, to be in control in some sort of way and, and to like, know that if you're going to go, you're going to go with things taken care of. Um, I also realized I need two vacations a year. Like that's super important. How, why have I been living my life this stressed out or overworked? My body and its rest is so important. New new rule, two vacations a year. <laughs> so I instituted that in the the late hours, early morning of a hospital room. I also thought, well, if I'm going to, this body's going to go, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to control it, then I should probably find someone who will honor it. And, and you think, you think, who's, who am I going to make love to? If it's going to be the last time, who's that person? Who would honor my body? How do I want to honor my body in any way? If I'm going to lose the function, or if I'm just going to lose the life I had, what am I doing between now and then? And thankfully, I didn't spend too long thinking about those things. Like they come, they come up, and you can think about them, and I let them go because there's a point at which they are no longer beneficial. And so by the following day when they came to get me for another MRI and the headache was pounding and I was pretty much just a weakling. They also told me, well, you know, that MRI we took, the spinal fluid that we're testing, things are starting to look like it's probably a mess. And I was like, okay, hmm. You know, I, I mean, you just, you, you hear those words and then they whisked me off basically to an MRI. And at that point, the MRI was, was not as interesting and magical as it was for me the day before when I was looking at everything just, you know, through some sort of bizarre lens of, well, I don't know what's going on. And this was just me being really tired and exhausted. And, you know, I come out of this very long almost hour-long MRI with things pounding all around me and, and wheeled back up to the room and 
just the mere act of sitting up was like the most painful thing ever because of this spinal headache and literally like plop me into my bed where, oh, right, right before they picked me up, I'd been throwing up from the headache. Like, you know, I mean, perhaps not at my best. And I was there curled up in the bed and my mom was there, thankfully. You know, you you sort of really want to see some sort of kind face on the other end of that moment. And she said that she had started to, to tell the family what I was being tested for. I was like, oh, wow, we're telling people now. Okay. And, and thank goodness, I, I certainly didn't know how to go about that. And she mentioned that my cousin had a friend whose brother had been diagnosed years ago, and he was doing fine. His livelihood was fine. He was physically fine. This isn't the next year you're in a wheelchair scenario. You take some medicines or you take care of yourself and you can go back to living your life. And then that moment happened. The shift in perception happened. The miracle for me to live in this life in the best way possible happened because I thought, I got this. Okay, I can manage this. This is a new set of eyes on my body and life and and everything that's going on with me, but I still get to live in my body in a healthy way, maybe make it even more healthy. Okay, moving on. And and it was knowing to ask for that, knowing to look for that um, shift to happen. And though frankly, not knowing at all what it would be at the time, those dark nights in the hospital room knowing only a sort of worst-case scenario somewhere in my brain was the association. But I realized that this was something I could handle. And because I totally believe, we only get what we can handle. So I chose to see it differently, and I let go of the fear that could have told me that I couldn't. I have to say, thank goodness I read Return to Love last Christmas because, man, it gave me the tools to be able to get there. And this is, this was, you know, the gift that I can't even quantify. But it brings me to where I am today, which is two months later, regaining the ability to walk and see and pretty much taste and now firmly 
putting me on the path of the explorer. The adventure into some new land. One where, you know, there are some conventional Western doctors telling me one thing, and I know other Western conventional doctors open to other things, and then a whole world of functional medicine, of understanding healing in in multi-sensory ways. Me getting on a path to discover more about this and being so thankful for all the work that I did, knowing that I could release fear, knowing that it wasn't real. And I continue to put that into practice because it comes up. You know, people like to put their fears on me. But I can... I can create barriers. I can create my own reality, and that's what I'm doing. Creating a very beautiful reality. Exploring that perfect blend of the mind, body, and soul. Letting that be what I work in and letting it teach me as much as it's just going to be an ongoing process that I get to be part of and which I'm very excited about.